Wow, this is good, guys. This is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. It's me up here. <laughs> I have, yes, I have notes. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm just going to do the announcements real quick while Chris does a little transition. So many of us. I was watching us in the, we were having breakfast. There was no more room at the tables to eat. You know, we're eating in the living room. That's so good. We're growing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we just have a couple announcements. Can you hear me? Because when I put it close, it sounds really funny. And I'll put it, it sounds good. Okay, we're good. I always sound funny. Thank you, John. That goes right with the word you just gave me. Thank you, John. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just a couple announcements that we wanted to um, mention. Mr. and Mrs. Rodriguez. There's the Mr. Rodriguez and there's the Mrs. Rodriguez. These newlyweds has graciously offered to give you parents a day off for February the 13th. <clears throat> so if you want to take your Valentine out, to dinner. They will be here from 5 to 10 to watch your kids. Just come and drop them off. You don't even have to stop. You just slow down, open the door. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> they will be ready to catch them. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, yes, they'll be here from 5 to 10. If you want to drop your little angels off, they would be love to spend time with them. The only thing they ask is that you leave a donation to pick up pizza and snacks and all those goodies that your kids love to eat. All the sugary stuff and things, all the things. So um, if you need any more information or you forget anything that I've said, these are the guys to see, Sarah and Roger. They're awesome and they're getting awesomer. <clears throat> um, the other thing is HCA, we're having, HCA is having their first creative healing night, February 26th. Woo -hoo. I don't like my voice when it goes real high. <clears throat> so, <laughs> uh, and then we have Dub Alexander will be here March 12th through the 14th. Yeah. Yes, so good, so good. Also, um, we've talked. Chris has talked a lot about Sozo training. Sozo, how great it is. When you've taken a Sozo class, it blows your mind. Totally blows your mind. So there will be some Sozo training coming up. Basic training in April second and third, and then advanced training in July, second and third, and that's at Pathway, is that right? Yes. yes. So uh, we'll be, probably have more info on that coming at you real soon. And other than that, I think that's it. This is my exit. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Just one more thing I just wanted to leave with you. Just, hmm, just ask the Lord to just really help you to stay focused with what he wants to hear. You know, when we're in service, you know, we don't, our kids are grown right now. I'm sitting in the front row, so I don't see a lot of movement. But sometimes it's so easy to get distracted. So just ask the Lord, God, what do you want to speak to me today? Help me to receive it. Help me to act on it. Help me to walk it out. And we just pray for this guy right here, that it's all God that comes out. No, Chris. All God. Just kidding. Good morning, guys. Here's Chris. <laughs>
I love her. <laughs> Man. Woo. He's good, amen. Well, um, I got really, really seriously rocked and wrecked during practice this morning. And um, so I'm, uh, I joke a lot about being a little punch drunk from Holy Spirit. So forgive me if I do start slurring off or something. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, it was just really powerful in our practice this morning. I hope that during worship you were really moved and you had just some encounter with the Father. You know, um, excuse me. Uh, Adriana's not here, uh, and uh, she's, uh, she's going to be hanging out at home until the baby comes. Her and the whole family are there. I think they're online. If y'all are, hey, so awesome to have y'all. I know there's a couple of people online. Uh, we missed the keys today, right? Yeah. Uh, but I saw a lot of y'all just wasted, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, man. I don't know. But, uh, man, where are our kiddos? Stand up. Uh, Miss Lydia, are you, uh, are you raring to go? Are you good? You ready? Oh, all right. So y'all get some exercise. So, hey, do this for me, kiddos. Um, man, I'm excited about where y'all are. Not that you're going upstairs, but I'm excited that, uh, for where y'all are going, man. Cause you know, we, we had some good conversation with, with James and Lydia, uh, this week about the kids and uh, man, man, y'all pray for that lady. Uh, just for the insight um, and for the driving that she's doing down the road, right? The road that she's plowing for your kids. Amen. Let's, let's pray for her for that. Pray for James that he doesn't drive her crazy. Amen. Lydia's got a big amen on that one. But man, Father, we just pray for these kids this morning. There's no junior Holy Spirit. You're just Holy Spirit. So we just ask you just to fill and move. But most importantly, Father, or Holy Spirit, your responsibility to us is to reveal the Father's heart. So show these kiddos the Father's heart in Jesus' name. And before we let you guys run out of here, I forgot. We need to have... There's some baptisms that need to happen. We've been approached by two young men in this, in this house right here, and they, they want to know about baptism, and we had a good talk about family and what it's like and about baptism and what it is. So if you're here and you would like to know more about baptism, why, what, when, where, where's right there, uh, we're going to plan that in a few more weeks. Uh, we'll take a two or three weeks just to give everybody an opportunity Look, these are two kiddos that want to be baptized, and they brought the question up to their parents, and so we had a good conversation. So it's not just a thing to do. There's a reason and a, and, a, and a plan behind it. And so if anyone wants to be baptized, be sure and let me know. We're, we're gonna, we'll give you some dates here coming up. Uh, and also, um, baby dedication. We have we got another Sanchez kiddo back there that we got to dedicate to the Lord, man. They've asked, and uh, so we need, to, we need to plan that. Uh, and so if there's anybody else, if you have a kid, you know, it's just it's something in the Scripture. It's beautiful, um, and we, we believe in that full-heartedly. And so we'll, we'll do that in a few weeks, too. We'll give you some dates. So if there's anybody else, uh, no, Lydia, you can't dedicate James again. It's okay. Um, <laughs> 
No, because she will hold him down. <laughs> I know what Lydia will do. <laughs> uh, Lydia will get all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> man, Father, bless these kiddos in Jesus' name. All right, guys, y'all head out, have at it, and have fun. For those of us in here in the service, um, how many of you enjoyed that totally different, weird service last week? Man, it's beautiful. Uh, I know it just got uploaded on YouTube last night. Uh, I have not got to watch it. Uh, I'm real curious. It was a little long, but I, I, don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just cool to hear the heart of the community. Amen? So this morning, uh, we're going to be in a few places. I'm going to do something a little different. I, I, I normally, well, I don't, I don't um, maybe I shouldn't say that that way. I normally like to grab some scripture and hang out in a certain passage in a place. I don't normally jump around a whole lot. At, at least I don't think I do. But this morning we're going to jump around uh, to some places. Amen. So um, turn with me if you would. And uh, I'm going, man, I'm doing digital and analog today. So y'all bear with me. Um, I, gotta, I, I, am, I am just loving all these translations and really digging in um, to the Greek and the Aramaic. Uh, man, I'm, I, am, I am loving it. Um, so, um, uh -oh. okay, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. We're going to be in Ephesians. We're going to jump to Romans. We're going to jump over to John. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. We, um, I I'm going to hit this thing uh, for, a, for a, a few more messages about citizenship uh, for you and I and what that looks like, what that is, um, just because I, I believe it's so desperately, desperately important. Um, the uh, last week was a beautiful picture of hearing the heart of the community of kingdom citizens that come together at Core Church. Does that make sense? What we heard last week, uh, and actually we didn't hear from everybody. Okay, Anahi, do you want to come and share right now? I know I'm putting you on the spot. If you don't want to, we can do it next week. It's totally up to you. Come on up here. Man, y'all, this lady right here. But you got to come all the way up here. Uh, because of the recording rules now. Um, see, this is what family's like, right? Church is meant to be family. And so I want you to, you see her walking, you got to come all the way up on the stage, girl, all the way up here. Come on. Yeah, you see this right here? This is freedom walking right up here. Yeah. So let me, let me just kind of set the stage here for those of you that weren't here last week or maybe you weren't watching, um, and I have no problem interrupting and changing. Uh, it, you don't, it, she said she was cool doing this, so it's, we didn't plan this or anything. But last week, I don't know, we missed her hand or something, or, you know, Raquel sometimes just gets going and overlooks people, you know. But <laughs> Just kidding. But um, she called later on and said that there was something on her heart that she wants to see in the community. And the whole point of last week was learning that your citizens and what it looks like to be the true church, the ecclesia 
uh, and what that looks like for you and for us together with what's on our hearts. Make sense? So that's the setup for everybody shared, I think just about everybody. So Anna, he tell us all about what the deal is, what you want to see. <laughs> and you got a little closer. Okay. Um, so as I was sitting there, um, I, was, I was in prayer uh, asking Father, what is it that you want us, me and my husband, to walk into and follow through with? And he really put um, families in our hearts, families, healing, healing families, healing families uh, relationship-wise, and um, grieving families. So um, I think um, there's a lot of uh, hurting people that don't open up because there, there isn't a secure place to speak about it. And um, I thank God that we were able to speak to someone uh, when we lost our baby. We, we had friends to come to. And, um, but you really need a community. You really need a community. When you lose, when you lose someone, it doesn't matter the age. You need community. And that's what gets you. That's what gets you um, to another day, you know? Heal, uh, the healing comes from community and speaking about it. And I think that's what daddy really put in my heart. Um, um, healing families uh, with grieving and relationship-wise. Um, so. That's right, the, the child or the person that, that's, that's gone to be with the Lord doesn't stop, it. I mean, they didn't stop existing, right? They, uh, especially among us that were believers, I mean, we, we know what happens, right? We know that there is a, um, a spiritual realm. We know that. Um, so I think it's important that, you know, that person still remembered in our memories, of course, and, and uh, you know, even in conversations like that in a safe environment, in a safe place, um, because, the, I mean, the person existed. The person w was with you physically, and then another day they weren't, right? So... Um, where that fits in into our community. I mean, it should be that the Christian community is the most open to those conversations, yes. right? So. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You're having a good way, bro. Um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole lot more to this story. Take them to Fuddruckers and let them tell you. Um, what... Anahi text me was, um, there's a little bit more here, but just to share the heart, was healing families from marriage to family loss. Chris and Anahi have been through, um, they've been to hell and back. <gasps> yes, I said that. They've been to hell and back. They've had so much fight and strife against them and, and, and turmoil and chains and a few weeks ago an amazing thing happened and Anahi stepped into some freedom that was hers all along and I, I man church I challenge you I challenge you to hear her story um, I want to make that happen very soon but man 
now because of that they they have seen a different level and now dad wants to use them to heal what they had victory through and it's so beautiful because that's what church is yes thank you father that we're no longer stuck in you know three songs tithes and offerings the deacons go smoking behind the church and then we just have 22 minutes of a message. We sing 18 stanzas of Just As I Am and the Old Rugged Cross, I'm a Wretched Worm. No, I'm sorry. I would love to talk to anybody at all that thinks that that's what church is because that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not church. Church is family. Church is a governmental term. We're meant to govern our city by your words, by your actions. That doesn't mean we go storm the Capitol and, and do that kind of stuff. It means that we influence, we infiltrate, we infect, right? We infect people and areas and businesses and schools with the kingdom so that then everything can be affected by his love. That is exactly what the church is supposed to be. And the one thing about CORE is it is a safe place. It used to not be. Back when we were years ago and, and stuck in that church culture, uh, it wasn't that safe. There was all kinds of judgment, a lot of stupidity around here. I, have, I will not pull any punches talking about how we were because for 25 years, like I, I, I know that, uh, forgive me if I feel a little, I get worked up about this because for 25 years, um, we, didn't, we just didn't know any better and I, I don't like that. You know, it stinks. But I think about all the people that came in and out that are, you know, I remember the days of going on the streets trying to find Catholics so I could tell them how wrong they were. You know how stupid that is? <laughs> you see, that's not the way a citizen of the kingdom operates. And this morning, uh, I'm going to share with you about the two laws. There's two laws. Now, um, <laughs> In Ephesians, I, I want to pick this up from where we jumped in two weeks ago about citizenship. But in verse 19, um, Paul's writing, uh, and he says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're a citizen and a member. And I talked a little bit about you know, our nation uh, I talked about other countries and kingdoms uh, just just briefly and um, what that looks like, what that is. Um, you know, we we have a constitution. Thank God. Amen. Uh, we have uh, rules and standards and, and things that we go by and we're held to those uh, because we are the United States of America. Amen. And you and I. We are citizens or members of a, of a great nation, but we're first and foremost citizens and members of the kingdom. And so this morning I want to share with you, it's a little play on words, I'm, I'm, I kind of wrote this as the two laws, and um, to give you a background, um, I'll tell you what, that was, the, that was the main scripture out of Ephesians. Let's, let's go to Romans uh, chapter 8. We're going to hang out there for a little bit. Let me know when you get there. I know they're going to uh, put it on the screen there. Um, Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8, a amazing passage. So, two laws. There's some laws that I can't stand. And there's some laws that I'm glad they're there. I remember when the in the 70s when they made it a law that you had to wear a seatbelt. I would hear my grandpa, boy, he would cuss and stuff. Stinking government. <laughs> Make me tell me I got to wear a seatbelt. If I don't wear a seatbelt, I ain't going to wear no seatbelt. And then the insurance companies got involved and they said, well, if you have a wreck and you don't have your seatbelt on, we're not going to pay it. <laughs> Stinking insurance company. Um, that's a good law, right? I mean, I think that's smart. That's safe. Uh, on and on and on. There's, there's good laws and then there's other laws that I think are just absolutely um, ridiculous, as a friend of mine says. Um, but everybody here, I'm sure you've heard about the law of God, right? You've heard about the Ten Commandments, yeah? Not Charlton Heston, right? Yul Brenner. I can't remember the exact number of laws now because it's, it's escaped me, but there were originally... In the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, when they get into the writing out the law, there were I think it was 435 that were uh, written out. Over the next few years, the Jewish people added, mainly men, added 200 laws. And there were a total somewhere around 635, 617, something like that. And just to throw you some other information out there, over 100 of those laws were anti-women. They were real dumb. <laughs> they were real dumb. Um, but those were laws that, that man wrote up. Here's the thing. We don't have time today to go back and look, but God never intended to give man those laws. Oh, but his, finger, his fire came out like finger and wrote on the tablets, and he did that. Yeah, he did that because man wouldn't shut up about it. Go back and read it. God never wanted to give us these Ten Commandments that you have to follow or I'm going to smack you. That is a, a lie. But we've turned it into what church looks like today or what a relationship with, with Father looks like today. Does this make sense? Man is the one that wanted the law. God was trying to get them to come to the mountain and just worship, and they pushed and pushed and pushed. You can go back and read it. I don't have those in front of me today to go through that with you because what I want to get to is what happened to all those laws and what was going on is a beautiful thing, and I love it. Here in Romans 8, um, oh, excuse me, let me, yeah. There's this, uh, there's this, you know, the book of Romans is like every other book. It was written as a letter or, a, or you know, a, a one whole continuous thing. So it's, it's interesting we have these breakdowns, and they're good so we can find addresses real quick, right? But Paul wrote this, and it's really powerful to go and just read the entire thing from front to, front to back, right? The whole letter. But he gets to this point, and he makes this statement right here. In chapter 8, where he says, and I'm out of the New American Standard, 
He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for all those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Um, I remember... Um, I remember being condemned for something. I think I was about seven. We had just moved into our house on Tina Lane. And most of y'all know that our, mine and Kevin's dad, that, you know, we, we grew up building old cars. And that's what we loved. So we always had a bunch of junkers and rollers around the house, right? Parts here and there. And um, I cannot for the life of me, uh, when I did this, I could not for the life of me figure out why I did it. But I took my BB gun and I shot at one of the doors off of a 48 Anglia, which is a really hard car to come by. And, and I remember seeing the BB come out of the gun and I remember all the blood running out of my body as fear came in. And I remember everything slowing down and I remember seeing that BB hit that glass and it going like in slow motion. And I remember crying out to God. Because of my father here, not my father there. <laughs> and I thought for about 20 seconds, I have to go tell him. And I didn't have to tell him because he actually heard the glass. How? I have no idea. Why? Holy Spirit wanted to give me a lesson to teach at 48 years old, I guess. I don't know. But he comes around the corner and he says, what did you do? Now, I remember faintly the horns growing out of his head and him turning red and the steam coming off of him as he grew into this beast. What did you do? He had this whole, I don't know, like exorcist thing or something. And he, my dad about coming glued because I shot the glass out of that door. And I don't blame him, right? I was full on condemned because I had broke <laughs> the law that you don't break windows on a 48 Anglia. It was a race car at that too. <laughs> I was in the right to be condemned. And he beat the living tar out of me to use my grandmother's expression. He whipped me up one side and down the other told me I wasn't going to have pellet BB guns or pellet guns anymore. Uh, I wasn't a man. I didn't know how to take care of those things and all these other things. Uh, I felt like I was singing the old rugged cross again, old worm that I am. No. But see, there's a different law now. There's a different law for you and I. There's actually a different law for the entire world the, most of them, or a lot of them, just haven't stepped into that yet. And they don't know it because they're not kingdom citizens yet. Part of your kingdom citizenship is the acknowledgement of living by the law that we have in the covenant that we walk in with the Father. Yes, there's a covenant that we're in, right? And I'm going to do some teaching on covenants here pretty soon. There's a covenant that you and I are in. There is law that you and I are meant to follow. But it's not the 635 that Caiaphas, the high priest, 
tried to pull out against Jesus. It's not that at all, right? Let's, let's read on here for a minute. I love this. He says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for all of those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. There's two laws. There's the law of the Spirit of life, and there is the law of sin and death. Amen? The law of sin and death is the kind that you break and Larry comes after you. Right? But the law of the Spirit of life is the one that Holy Spirit comes after you and runs through you. Sorry, Larry, no offense, but you are the popo. <laughs> so it's good. We need, we need more Larry around. Amen. Yes. Look at this. Does that make sense? There's two laws. There's, there's two. So there's, there's two different groups of law, right? There's the law of the spirit and there's the law of sin and death. And he makes this known right here. Excuse me. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, right? Verse 3, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Let's stop right there for a second. Something that I think we overlook in, in or we used to overlook so much in church culture we would read this passage all the time. There's no far, no, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus but are called, right? There's no condemnation. We would read it all. But how many of you ever walked in your life on eggshells with Christ? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know where you were like, you were, man, okay, I'm going to break the sacred cow here and burn it. For a long time, we thought if you got a tattoo, that was a sinful thing. And then some woman would go, it says it in the book of Numbers. <laughs> and that's a whole separate thing I can talk about later. Getting a tattoo is not a sin. I mean, you know, think about it. What do you do then with the people of like Thailand where that's, that's their culture, right? Or how about um, the Samoans? It's their whole way of life about tattooing family heritage and things like that. Do we, so they're all wrong? Is that See, it wasn't kingdom because kingdom works everywhere. Jesus works everywhere. Amen? What, what, what works in the back deserts of Saudi Arabia and Iraq has to work here in the streets of America or it's not kingdom. You can't say, oh, tattoos are bad, you're a sinner, and then you go to a complete what culture that has existed for thousands of years and tell them how wrong they are, and they're all going to hell. Bunch of losers. What's wrong with y'all, didn't you? That's like people saying that Jesus spoke the English language. Come on. <laughs> There's people that think that. Did you know that? Yes. It's recorded. There was a congressman's wife in the 60s that she said if the English language was good enough for Jesus, it was good enough for everybody. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Because that is not at all 
what it's about. Amen? Amen. But look at this. Verse 3. For what the law could not do. So you mean the law, there was things the law couldn't do? Absolutely. You know what the law could never do? The law was meant to show us the schoolmaster, what's right and what's wrong, but the law doesn't change your heart. Uh, 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 close to a year ago, we did a, a roundtable. Uh, I, I did a roundtable discussion with, with two friends of mine who are black, and we did this whole thing on race relations. It was a two-hour conversation. It's on YouTube. You can go and see it. And in there, um, one, of, one of our... Are just our good friends, man. He's he's part of family here, Jamal. He made a a, a comment about changing laws and and trouble agreed. But yeah, we gotta we gotta change laws and 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 as I was sitting there, I mean that is true. We definitely need some change, absolutely, in some of our legal proceedings and things like that. There's definitely that needs to happen. But the one thing we cannot lose sight of is that laws don't change hearts, right? I've used this example a million times. How many of y'all tell your kids, you better clean your room or I'm going to spank you? Does their heart instantly change? And, oh, I want to clean my room, mother. And then they start singing the Cinderella song. Ah, and the birth. Does that happen? No. You know what they do? They scowl. Some of them, some of them tell you what you're going to do instead of them cleaning the room, right? Why? Because the law doesn't change the heart. It does not change the heart. And that's why the law was not fulfilled, not complete. Sorry. He says right there in verse 3, for what the law could not do, there's something it couldn't do. And look at that next part. Weak as it was through the flesh. See, what did the law affect? The flesh. The law was meant for your flesh. And it still was weak. It still couldn't do what mankind thought it was supposed to do. And he says, uh, what, what the law could not do, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. See, my God, my Jesus, my Father, my Holy Spirit, they never condemn me. The only thing they condemn is sin. Look at that. You see it? Oh, you don't believe me. Okay, I'll show you. Right there at the end of verse 3. He, that's God, condemned sin in the flesh. There is therefore now no condemnation, period, for you and I. Amen? Now look, you go out here and break the law, yeah, Larry's going to get you. But God's not sitting up there like Zeus with a lightning bolt waiting for you to mess up. We used to really think that if you, um, I, I don't, I don't, I know people have a lot of different freedoms. Me personally, I, I don't, cussing is not a freedom for me. I don't, I grew up very vulgar. My grandparents were extremely vulgar. I don't think you should cuss. That's, that's my opinion. Um, if you do, then you do, right? Um, you're not going to hang around my kids and say that kind of stuff, right? But 
I'm not going to judge you for it. Make sense? Man, y'all got quiet. Y'all bunch of y'all bunch of sailors in here or something, man? Come on. <laughs> Good goodness. Right? But if that <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. Y'all are Okay, y'all didn't mess me up now doing it. Let me let me move on from that rabbit trail. I'm sorry. Let me move on. <laughs> Jesus, help me. We used to, okay, I'll finish it. We used to think that you come in here, you do your, your happy dance, you wave your flags, or you lay out on the floor, or you pull a John or a Ryan, you scream your guts out, or you just sit, whatever. You're lost in worship. You have the Holy Ghost moment, right? And then you go out home, you get home and... Something happens and you slip up and you say a cuss word. We used to think that, like, you know, there's that scripture, uh, he'll blot your name out of the book of life. We used to think God had an eraser. (laughs) Satan wants us to think that God has an eraser. There's no moment in Father's heart There's not even a moment in his heart that is looking to wipe you out. Like, think about that for a minute. Did you ever live on those eggshells? I did. I lived that way for 25 years. I lived this life of walking on eggshells because I was afraid to make a mistake and to sin because if I would have sinned right then and I died, I was going to go to hell. That's, that's what we used to believe. And if you want to go into more of that, then, man, by all means, let's, let's talk. Um, not Fuddruckers. Maybe a steak. Anyway. Um, he came and he condemned sin in the flesh. The end of verse 3. Verse 4. Look, this is, so it continues on, actually. Without the, let's go without the, um, the stop there. He condemned sin in the flesh. Why? So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who fulfills the requirement of the law? We do. Look at that. In us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Why? Because the spirit, the law of the spirit is life, not sin and death. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? Yes. And so uh, let me read this to you out of the passion. There's, uh, there's some other notes that I want to I kind of cover here. But, um, you know, I love the passion. I love Brian Simmons, the way he does stuff. Uh, verse 1 says, so now the case is closed. I love that. Judge, jury, and executioner, the law uh, is done and closed. Yes? Uh, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of, com- con- of condemning of condemnation against those who are joined in a life union with Christ. The anointed one for the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. That is beautiful. Amen. Verse three. This is like my favorite part of all of this. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish 
because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. See, I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm not just a good old boy from the nation of Texas. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I live in the greatest state in the world. Sorry. Yeah. But more than that, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? I'm a, a citizen of him, of his life, of his love. And the law that I am now bound to is not the law of condemnation. It's not the law of sin. It's not the law of abandonment. I'm a citizen. Amen? So, verse uh, 4 says um, in, the, in the Passion, uh, actually, I didn't finish verse 3. I'm sorry. Brian, boy, he gets going. Uh, let me read it again. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. See, the law of the Spirit is not limited by human nature because it doesn't, it doesn't flow in humanity. It flows in godness. Right? And so I'm a kingdom citizen. I have my identity is set with him. I'm not bound by the weakness of this human nature because my nature has changed. I am not a sinner I am not even a, 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 someone else said I'm a sinner that occasion I'm a saint that occasionally sins. Man, I am a blood bought child of the kingdom of God. Right? That's who I am. That's who you are. We belong to the King, not bound by a human nature. Our nature, I can show you that too. That's another stake. Um, our nature was changed. Um, he says after that, yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and the power of sin. Oh, man. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus came and condemned the power of sin. Sin has no power over you, church. It has no authority over you. It does not. Say it again. Amen. It does not have authority or power over me. Listen, do we make mistakes and do we mess up? Yes, we do. We are on the road of being perfected, conformed to the image of Christ. And from here to that time, man, he's going to continue to dig deeper as you and I step into more capacity, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago. When you step into that capacity, man, I had a conversation yesterday morning at breakfast uh, with Raquel as she was, um, yeah. Bless you. Yeah, Raquel was straightening me out yesterday. We're having this conversation. Be quiet, John. We're having this conversation, her and I, and something in there triggered something. I'm going to be completely authentic with you. It triggered something in me 
that I haven't had to deal with in a while. And I didn't see it. But all of a sudden, we're in this conversation, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And then she's looking at me like, what the heck's the matter with you? No, she didn't do that. Man, she's going to be mad when she sees this. <laughs> she's not in here right now. And so, praise God that we were at Black Walnut because their atmosphere is so peaceful there. I love it. But we're sitting there and we're, we're, we're talking and we're discussing this thing. And we, we, start, we, we both said, okay, let's, let's figure this out. What's going on with Chris? And as we dig deeper and start communicating and we listen to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit shows me, hey, son, this is another level of that thing that I healed you from, that I saved you out of. There's still a little bit there. I, now, now you're ready for me to get that out, this, this part. And I said, okay, take it. Yeah, take it. And through all of that, now that little bit of me that needed to change is changing. See, my identity is not that anymore, but my leftover of my old nature, not my nature now, the leftover, the course of this world, there's some of that still there that he's got he's to work at to heal. He can't just dump it all on me at once because I, I, I wouldn't get it. But I love the interaction and Raquel was so loving and gentle and was straightening me out. I was, I was, I was explaining to them our conversation at Black Walnut and how we, how we got through that. And it was so beautiful. And, Ma'am? Yeah. It was my growth moment that you pointed out so lovingly. <laughs> See... As a citizen, I'm entitled to the betterment of who I am. As a citizen of the kingdom, I am entitled to the betterment of my life, not the condemnation of this world. Does that make sense? Now, look, I know that some of this can sound a little, maybe somebody's watching and be like, whoa, wait a minute, man, I can, I don't have time today uh, to show everything. I know all y'all probably want to go see that pigskin get thrown around, but no. <laughs> is that is that today? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'll get you out of here real quick. My point is, is that, whew, man, God, there's so much here that I that I want to I want to share. I feel like I'm gonna rabbit trail off though. <laughs> off for truth. Yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. Look, the point is, is that I'm a kingdom citizen and I am not tied to what this world says. I am entitled to the betterment of my identity. He's trying to make us the, to the betterment of who we are, right? Because we're not there yet. We're not perfect. 
our nature, our DNA, the, the DNA in your spiritual skeleton is already changed. The minute you had this revelation of Christ, boom, all things passed away, all things become new. You are now the prototype of what you were designed to be before the foundations of the world. And as that happens, everything is changed inside of you at that moment. And then it just takes the washing of the water of the word to get all that old course of this world out of here. My goodness, my goodness. It's so good because there is no condemnation for us. We don't live by the law of sin and death anymore. There's a lot of people out there that do, and they're fooled. You know the funny thing about deception is if you knew you were being deceived, you wouldn't be being deceived. <laughs> Right? When you know you're being deceived, then it turns into you're being lied to because you're actually aware of it. There is a spirit of religion that has blinded this world to the truth and the reality of being a kingdom citizen. And we ran with that thing for years. No more. That thing would influence us. That's what all that is. Whenever you're sitting there, if I do that, I'm so, I'm so sorry. God. You know, he comes and he, you ask for forgiveness and he says, for what? Did he already wash? Did Jesus pay for all the sin? Did he do it one time? You know why he only did it once? Because it was final. He went in and we just read it that he condemned sin. See, we're not condemned. Sin is condemned. Man. Now, I know there's this whole side with James that we, um, not Thuman. Um, in the book of James, he says that your own, you know, your, your own passions and desires is where sin comes from, right? And that's why is that is because there's that leftover from the course of this world that, that he's trying to work out and wash out. And that fight goes on. But you're not sinners, you're kingdom citizens. You're saved, born again, new believers, uh, new nature, and you are locked in to the law of the Spirit. Now, um, so I'm sure by now everybody wants to know what are the, well then what are the laws of the Spirit? What is that? Well, I'm so glad that y'all asked. Turn over with me to the book of John. Uh, not John White, no. Uh, go to John chapter 15. Uh-oh, did I get off? Actually, 13, I'm sorry. 13. Let me know when you're there. So, Y'all remember the story when Jesus was, um, when he was teaching and this, uh, this young guy comes up, the rich young guy, and he says, how do I get to heaven? Or, you know, so I'm paraphrasing here. See, don't condemn me if I don't get the Bible verses exactly right. You will go to hell if you don't, if you change one daughter tittle in the word. You remember that? You remember that condemnation? So what, are we all going to hell because we 
change the story up so our five-year-old could understand it. I mean, you know what I mean? This stuff doesn't make any sense when you think about it, right? Anyway, sorry. So he's, he's there, and, and this rich guy comes up. Man, Jesus, what do, how do I, or he says, teacher, rabbi, how do I, how do I get to heaven? He says, um, tells him about um, following the law, and he says, I, I, I have kept all the law. I've done everything. And he says, well, um, give away everything. And Well, before that, sorry, he says to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And he says, well, I've done all that. And he says, well, go and sell everything and follow, follow or feed the poor. He says, I ain't doing that, <laughs> right? But Jesus says that all the law and the prophets is summed up in that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know why he said that? He said that because the new covenant, thank God for the new covenant, yes? We're no longer under the old covenant. Thank God we're in the new covenant. The law of the Spirit has one law. There's one rule, if you want to call it that. There's one thing you got to follow. And since you're asking, <laughs> Jesus is talking about it here in, in chapter 13. And so he goes outside and he, and, um, and he says to the disciples after he just washed their feet and um, he announces about Judas and all this. And he says, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him if God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Verse 33, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, verse 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Turn with me over to the book of Romans, chapter 13. Paul kind of caps it off for us as he's, he's, Paul's talking about our responsibility to um, the authorities of the world. And he says here in verse 8, uh, man, go back and read all the chapter for some more context. It's really beautiful. But he says, owe no one anything except to love one another. Amen. For he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Right. And he goes on and it's, it's man, it's so beautiful. But at the end of the day, the law that you and I are meant to follow is one commandment that we love that we love. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me on this? Yeah. So now, um, uh oh, my notes. Um, you know, you know what's beautiful about that? What's very interesting. So, if someone says, "What is God?" What do we? You know, we have two scriptures that tell us what God is. One says that He's Spirit. 
and the other says that he is love. So, Jesus, what are you saying here that I'm supposed to love? Because why? Because God is love. See, when we love one another, that's not something we're doing. That's someone that we are being. Does that make sense? Do you know why? This is my, my, my opinion, my take. The reason I believe that Jesus says, you know, when God is glorified, he's glorified in you and his glory rests upon you. Because when we follow the commandment of the new covenant to love one another, you are literally being God to that other person. You are loving them, but love is not a thing, feeling, action, a consequence. It is the person in the flesh revealed of God the Father through you. Does that make sense? When you love someone, you are revealing the Father through you. That's why the law of sin and death ain't got no place with us. Because there ain't none of that in us anymore. Because our nature is changed. Because our Father loved us, bought us, and put that in us. Put himself. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. Man, I hope this is, is, is making sense because my mind is blown. <laughs> um, this, it just blows my mind. Because for so long, I would read these scriptures, and I was under such, such a torment. I remember being so scared of my life. I remember being so tormented, thinking that God himself was ready to punish me. I remember the night that I got free. It's so funny. I know now, uh, we know that Satan is not omniscient. He's got an army, and we can talk all kind of demonology all you want. He's got an army, and they're all over the place, and they're like the Pony Express or something, I guess. But I know what happened. I know what happened. You see, in February of 2017, I came under the worst spiritual warfare that I had ever been under in 20, at that time, that was 26 or 7 years of serving Christ. I've seen a lot of stuff in my time. I've seen ladies that weigh 340 pounds walk, go through chairs on their, with their arms beside them like a snake. Bodies moving, no way that that physically happens, right? I've seen demon-possessed people be set free like that. I've seen arms completely that were three times size of normal be healed instantly, and I've seen that stuff. I've, uh, I haven't seen it all. I know there's a whole lot more, but in that February, I started to see and hear and experience the worst things that I had ever experienced in my life. Satan had a mark on me. 
he had a plan to destroy my life, mainly to destroy my marriage. And there was so much stuff of the past that he was throwing in my face. Uh, people can say it's not real all day long, but I experienced it. And, you know, your argument doesn't go against my experience. So get out with that. I remember seeing the vivid pictures and I remember uh, things happening around me. I remember hearing voices almost nonstop. I, I couldn't hardly sleep. There were days that I didn't eat. I would eat and then I'd go to the bathroom and throw it up just because my stomach was in such knots because of what was going on in, in, in my head. Um, and that went on until July the 4th of that same year. Raquel and I were walking in a park. And I'll, I'll be real open with you. It was, it was a lot of stuff that dealt with our past. And, uh, and then also my own, uh, my own life from before my time with Raquel. And um, I know many of you know some of this. But I remember that night, it was actually July 5th, we had a conversation on July 4th at a state park right down the road here. I had been hiding from her what had been going on because I didn't want to bring up the past. That was done. Jesus has healed all that, and it was done and over with. And I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want her to deal with some of those things that, that like, no. I remember July the 5th was a Wednesday night. We're back in our dead church. No, we weren't dead then. We were coming out. We had already started to come into a kingdom view. There were a lot of things going on. And what happened in February is Satan knew. I, I believe that there is something in the atmosphere that foreruns what happens with you and I. Whether it's, whether it's uh, Jesus speaking out the plans of what he wants to see happen. I don't know. I, don't, I, just, I believe because of the book of Job and, and the book of Daniel, uh, I believe that there is something that happens in the spiritual realm that foreruns what happens here. And he got news that something is about to happen to Chris and Raquel. And that's going to in turn happen to the river. And he came at me, and it was the most horrible thing I've ever experienced. And uh, most of y'all know me. I'm a, I'm a fighter. I don't, but man, I didn't want to do this anymore. And um, that July 5th, we, we, we were in the back of the fellowship hall over there, and I taught I don't even know how I was teaching and preaching at that time. I have no clue. And uh, we got home that night. And, and I, I was sitting there at the island on this side, and Raquel was on that side. And I looked at the microwave, and it was 1.04 in the morning. And I made this statement to her. Um, the statement that I made was that I 
I felt like what I was understanding was that I never had full confidence in her love for me. And the minute I said that, the Holy Spirit fell on my, like leaned on my back, came all, I felt him come through me. I felt his arms wrap around me. It's almost like, like my dad hugged me and his arms went all the way through me. And I heard, not audibly, but I heard right here on my left side, I heard, no, Chris, it's not her. You haven't had full confidence in my love for you. And when I heard that, I broke. In a, in a moment, in, 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 in a, just, it was so, it was so slow in my mind, but it happened in a matter of seconds. And all these moments of my life flashed through my, my head. These pictures and these movies were playing in my head. These videos of my life of when I had been rejected. These moments of when I had lived in, in such torment of worrying that I had done so wrong that God would never forgive me or that he was looking to wipe my name out. There was all these, these moments that had flashed in my mind. And I remember in that moment in my mind it was very slow I, I felt like it was 30 minutes but it was just a second because when I said that and I broke and all that was going on in my head she ran around the island and embraced me and her and Holy Spirit were fighting over me <laughs> for once and I remember that uh I remember that feeling of peace. And I remember the feeling of torment because of what I had allowed a church culture way of thinking to do to my life. And that's probably why I hate that religious spirit uh, more than anything. Because I know what it did to me for 25 years. And we will never, ever live that way again. I will not be part of a community that runs that way, that looks like that, or even wants to go down that road. I won't do it. I will not do it. I will never again live that way. I remember that moment when my freedom finally caught up to my way of thinking. And it grabbed a hold of me and I was nothing but a big baby cry for the next months, like six months. I would cry at everything. I, me and Holy Spirit, he was he took me on a journey, me and Raquel. He took us on a journey that is the most amazing time of my life. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful that I am not bound to the law of sin and death. I am so grateful that I am a, not just a citizen. 
I'm not just a member. I know that I am a son of the Most High God. And I know beyond a doubt that my dad loves me no matter what. And he's not worried about some stupid tattoo (laughs) or whether my shirt is untucked. And today we find ourselves under the law of love, the law of the Spirit. And so uh, I want to encourage you today that if there is anything in your life that even looks like that, If there's anything, any way of thinking, that looks opposite of what we're reading, man, I want to tell you, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to. Are there issues that we've got to still get through? Absolutely, because we're not perfect. There's still some of that old course of this life that, that he's got to do that surgery on and he, he takes you to black walnut and has your wife explain it to you so that you can say okay I get it and we'll ride right here until the next moment where he has an opportunity for me to step into a deeper understanding of what he wants to shift and change in my heart in my life I have no no um, I have no fear no no pride to stand before you and say that I know I'm not perfect. Man, Raquel will tell you three times that I'm really jacked up. I have no problem doing that because that's just the reality of it. That's the reality of our life, church. Is it's on the it's the road to the betterment of who you're meant to be. Not the law of what you do and you don't do. I remember pastors standing up on Super Bowl Sunday and saying that all those people that chose football over church on Sunday, how wrong they were. And man, I'm not a big football fan, so it didn't matter to me either way. We used to watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Man, I'm sorry, y'all. Man, he really hit me good today. I want to leave you with this. Owe no one nothing except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And there's so much more that I really wanted to, uh, to really lay out. And so what does love look like? Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. You know what that tells me? That tells me there's going to be moments where, where I speak in tongues and I, I have interaction with angels and I can still not have love. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith... So that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. See, what this tells me is that, man, Chris, you can be in the middle of it, 
you can be running that kingdom race and there can still be a spot in your life that I need to work on. You better have love. I need to love everywhere and every, every way that I can. Amen. What does love look like? It looks like God. What does that look like? It looks like, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, oh, and, and let, me, let me read on. I missed one. And though I bestow all my goods to the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Why? Because what love looks like is verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. You know, really what would sound good here is if you didn't say love, but you said God. Because he is love. God suffers long and God is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade himself. God is not puffed up. He does not behave rudely. Right? I got to work on that one. Sorry. He does not seek its own or is not provoked. It thinks no evil. He does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, and endures all things, and God never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease, and whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But love never fails. Amen? I did not mean to go here, but it went there so man he's so good i hope that this makes sense i'm i i i want to i want to really um lay down a great foundation for core church in our understanding of our citizenship and who we are and who we're meant to be and most importantly who we are not amen and as we go throughout our day, just love people. It's going to look different for everybody. And there's some people, you're not going to want to love them. I mean, if they're breaking in your house or something like that, then, you know, we can love them after we, it's Texas, we can shoot them. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, nobody, nothing but to love them. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to do something that we don't do very often, and I, I kind of, I've never been a huge fan, because the last thing I'm going to do is stand up here and tell you what you need to do. Um, but if you would like to, would you declare something with me? Would you repeat after me with something? Would you just say, I am a kingdom citizen. I walk in the law of the Spirit. And I am my Father's child. Father, I just thank you for everyone in this place. Oh, man right now, Lord. You know, if you're here today, I don't know why I'm seeing this. If you're here today and you want a deeper 
understanding of the law of love, would you just lift your hand to him? I'm, I've got my eyes closed. I'm not even looking. Father, uh, I, I got my hand raised for you to move in my life as I want to understand what it is to walk in the law of love, to be, to be that kingdom citizen, Father. I, I lift my hand as a prophetic act that you're going to do that in my life, that you are going to move, that you're going to uh, continue to do that surgery on my heart, Father, to bring me to that place, that, that place of being conformed to the image of your Son who was the epitome of love, the picture of love, Father, I thank you so much for everyone in this place, for what you are doing right now in the hearts of this group of people, in this community, as we pursue our kingdom identity, our kingdom citizenship, Father. I just decree over each and every one that hears this, is watching this, or is in this room, that there would be an understanding that a, a almost like a complete new language of love would open up to their understanding, to their comprehension, and to their heart so that as they move and as they walk, as they live, that they would simply love and owe no one else anything else except to love. Father, we thank you so much. Jesus, thank you so much for being that sacrifice and bringing us into the new covenant. <laughs> and thank you for your commandment that is as simple as to love. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to move in our life. We welcome you to bring this fresh new revelation day by day of our hearts and our walking out the law of love. Father, Please help us to see, help us to step. Holy Spirit, guide us into new realities with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We love you all very much. And uh, if there's anything you need today, if you need prayer for anything specific, uh, please come and join us up here. If you're online right now, and you need prayer for anything, would you just type it in the chat right there? And uh, we'll, we'll get to you in just a second. But we love you all so much. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. And uh, go and uh, love the hell out of people. <laughs>